God laid it on my heart weeks ago to talk about gifts of the Spirit. I've ministered on this many times since I've been here at Victory, but we're living in a time that God really wants to stir up spiritual gifts among us. And he wants to use us in spiritual gifts. And I want to encourage you to, like I started admonishing when we first started the service, allow God to use you in spiritual gifts. And you know, it, it takes a step of faith. And if you've never done something before, yes, you're going to be squeamish. It's like, do I really want to do this? And you'll have the questions, what if I miss God? People will think I'm stupid. Well, people are going to think that anyway if you don't obey God. I'm joking. I'm just saying that. You know, just because, you know, I, w- I, would rather, I would rather be seeking to obey and miss it than never even try to obey and have nothing happen. What do you think about that? So, I mean, I've thought about it in my own life, spiritual gifts and manifestation. Yes, it is a personal test, and yes, it will try you. Let me tell you what, I had something happen today. I was, I was talking with somebody, and we're sitting talking, and, and we had talked for a good while, and then, and then just before the person got up, I heard words inside me. That's the word of knowledge. I heard words inside me, just a phrase, just like I mentioned earlier. That was prophecy. This wasn't prophecy. There wasn't this unction to say it out loud like that with inspiration. It was just words. And, 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 and this person got up, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I need to share something because the Lord tagged me say this, say this to him. And y'all, it confirmed uh, something that, that was going on. It was a word of knowledge. Now, here's what I could have done. I could have had that thought go, you know, through my head, do nothing, it rises up inside. Again, God, when he ministers through you, it doesn't come from out here in, it comes from in here out, because he's in you, right? And, and you gotta, we gotta learn to be sensitive to uh, to his voice, and you've got to learn the voice of God, and then learn the voice of the Spirit of God. You've got to learn his voice. You have a voice of conscience, and, and you know, it's just trial and error. I, I have to be real with you. To learn this for me, it was trial and error. To know the difference between my own self-talk. Do you have self-talk? Everybody does. And then the voice of your own conscience, which can be trained to be the voice of, of the Holy Spirit speaking, if your conscience is trained in the Word. And, and, then, and, then, and then on the inside, when the Holy Spirit's ministering to you, you just got to learn it the best way I can tell you to do. When you feel like the Lord's saying something to you, write it down. Write the impressions of it down. Write what down what was said. Uh, and and, and just, just keep testing it. And then there will be times that that comes and see the Word of Knowledge happens that way. For me, I mean, you just be minding your own business. I felt as carnal, I felt as carnal as a snail. As a snail carnal? I don't know. I was just, use anything. I just didn't feel spiritual. I was tired, you know. I was busy uh, and, and started talking to somebody. And then, and they see that's what you could be at the grocery store. You could be at the gas station. You could be at Walmart, Target. You could be on a break at work. You could be walking somewhere. And, and just, and, and the Lord tags you. And how many know if, if you'll obey that? And that's what the Lord wants to do today with spiritual gifts. So if you think we're gonna have revival just because a few people who are called into full-time ministry do this or that, that's not revival. Uh, a revival and a move of God is when, is when the believers rise up and they want Jesus more than they want anything in life. And they wanna obey him, their heart is to obey, right? So, so that's why I'm talking about gifts of the Spirit, 
That's just how it functions sometimes. So this is uh, part five, God's power through spiritual gifts. Tonight, we're going to talk about discerning or seeing into the realm of spirits. And uh, uh, be, uh, uh, I was going to say it'll be shorter, but it never is. So um, I do want to, uh, I want to start off with this. It's right on the heels of what I just said. First Corinthians 12, 31, Amplified New Testament says this, earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces, the higher gifts and the choicest graces. He's talking about spiritual gifts. Now, now he said, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate. They use the word zealously. The Greek word for desire is the word zelu. We get our word zealous, a, a, just a strong yearning for something. Question, when's the last time you earnestly, I mean, just had to have it. God, we, we gotta have spiritual gifts. See, if that's not in your mind, I wanna encourage you to go there and ask God to stir up a desire in you and in the body of Christ for spiritual gifts. How many hear me? And then he says this, yet I show still a more excellent way, one that is, <coughs> excuse me, better by far, and the highest of them all, love. So love is the pathway in spiritual gifts. The more you have compassion on people, the more the Spirit of God will rise up in you. In my devotions this morning, I, was, I looked up the word in the Greek New Testament for uh, compassion, which is a weird word. I don't even think I can pronounce it in English because it's got too many consonants in it. But it's a big old long word. And Jesus, when he rose up in compassion, there was an overwhelming desire inside of him. In fact, that word, that word for compassion is, is related to the word for uh, for the gut, the spleen, the, the innermost organs of digestion because it's the deep-seated thing. And the, the word's trying to say the, a, a deep-seated yearning and desire to help somebody else. And, and, and you know, if you go through your day, God, lead me to the people that need you. Lead me across the paths of people that, are, that, that just need you to help them. And Lord, you have my permission. Speak through me. Use me as a vessel. Isaiah 50, verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I may learn how to speak a, a word in season to him who is weary. And that's how many know God wants all of us to do that. So again, earnestly desire. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says this, eagerly pursue, seek to acquire this love that was spoken about 1 Corinthians 13. Make it your aim, your great quest. I really like that. And then earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments or gifts especially that you may prophesy. I'll stop with that because he's got some more in the Amplified there. Uh, so again, the scripture's clear. All of us should covet to prophesy. So question, are you coveting or desiring earnestly to be used in the gift of prophecy? Let me say this again. You know, let God use you in your own prayer life. Get off by yourself, start praying. And sometimes when you're praying, inspiration comes. And you can prophesy, you can you can prophesy in prayer. Anybody ever told you that? What is, what is prophecy? It's inspired utterance. You can be praying and feel carnal as your dog, eating out of his dog pan, you know? Just feel nothing. And then suddenly you're praying and suddenly, kaboom. I mean, just, there it is. See, that's how the Spirit of God works. And if you'll go after him and put, your, put yourself in position where he wants to talk through you, where he wants to talk to you, he will. And it starts in your prayer life. And, and so I've been doing this so many years now, it's like almost second nature. I'm praying and then I'm praying off into stuff I never thought about, never said, it's prophecy. 
And then sometimes you have words of knowledge. My mother prays all day long, probably prayed for all of you. They pray call you, she'll call your name. I mean, God will give her your name. It's kind of spooky, actually. But, but then it's word of knowledge, word of wisdom, things about the future. And see, people, God, God's using people to do that in their prayer life. If you'll let God use you in your prayer life and just dedicate some time to him. You say, well, I'm not like you, Pastor Mitch. You're about, yes, you are. We're all the same. I'm not any different than you. I was just a carnal little boy who Jesus got a hold of and, and, and cleansed my past. You hear me? And then I said, God, help me. I, I, I want you. I want you. I want you so much. And I just started pursuing the Lord. One minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. The time factor, forget about it. Just fellowship with him. And he'll move you towards him. And there's everything in our culture today is moving us away from God. Moving us away from spiritual reality. And if you let it move you away, I'm telling you, the enemy will beat you, whip you, defeat you. Uh, scald you, coerce you into places and things you never should be in. Yes or no? And our young people need to hear this today. First, First Thessalonians 5, 19, do not quench. This is amplified, suppress or subdue the Holy Spirit. King James says, quench not the Spirit. Wow. And, you know, most churches don't even allow the Holy Spirit to manifest. Did you know that? Uh, very small, I mentioned to my staff the other day, a very small percentage of churches in America are mega churches. Uh, in fact, our church, the truth is we're in the top, I don't know, somewhere between 6 and 8% of the size of churches in America. But you think about the advent of mega churches, it's good, but it's not always the healthiest thing unless the pastor does it right and creates environments for people to grow spiritually. Because you can get absorbed in a big crowd and then you have no responsibility because you think somebody else will do it. Mm -mm -mm -mm. No, you. God wants to use you. Yes or no? So, so quench not the Spirit. And that was what I was trying to say. In large church meetings, you can, it has to be somebody on the platform that has a microphone because the building's so big. We have a bit of an issue here, not as much, you know, this, this building, you know, see, you know, see the good crowd. But still, you know, Wednesday nights, I want you to, Ask God to use you and watch what he'll do. I, I tell you what happens. If you'll let God use you, it'll take you up a step spiritually. You, you'll move towards God. If you want to grow, put yourself in position to grow. Does that make sense? If you just sit back and say, well, somebody else is going to do it, you'll never grow. And 10 years from now, you'll be where you are today. I don't know about you. That's not, that's not something I want. Do you? So do not quench the spirit, quench not the spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Author S. Way's translation, in your church gatherings, do not repress manifestations of the spirit's gifts. That is really good, isn't it? Uh, Author S. Way's translation is not in digital form. I can't find it anywhere. If you can, please let me know. But he's got a great translation of the New Testament. And uh, in your spirit, church gatherings, do not repress manifestations of the Spirit's gifts. Well, and then amplified of 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, do not spurn the gifts and utterances of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations, nor despise inspired instructions or exhortations or warnings. This is a wide margin Bible here. And in my wide margin Bible, right there <laughs> is the following from W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, uh, and uh, in verse 19, where it says, quench, do not quench the spirit. I looked up the word quench and wrote it in my wide margin. Man, this has got to be 20 years ago. Anyway, here's what it says. The peace order 
and edification of the saints were evidence of the ministry of the Spirit among them. Uh, but if through ignorance of his ways or through failure to recognize or refusal to submit to them or through the impatience with the self-will, uh, ignorance or self-will of others, the Spirit were quenched. These happy results would be absent. There's always the danger that the impulses of the flesh might usurp the place of the energy of the Spirit in the assembly. And the endeavor to restrain this evil by natural means would have the effect of hindering his ministry also. Apparently then this injunction was intended to warn believers against the substitution of a mechanical order for the restraints of the Spirit. That's awesome. So that's another reason today, listen, the enemy's uh, working hard. He doesn't want people to come to church because in church meetings, meetings there's a unity. And where there's unities, there's power. And where there's power, demons have to run away. Demons of doubt and fear and demons of lying and deception. They have to go in Jesus' name. But if you're all by yourself, you get to keep your devils. That's what a lot of people are doing today. Yeah. But if you want to be free, get into a place where the presence of God manifests. And when believers get together, they were in one accord in one place in the book of Acts, Acts 2, 4. They were in one accord in one place, in one accord in one place, Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 5. The Holy Spirit fell. He manifested himself. When we get together, we create an environment for the Holy Spirit to move. Yes or no? So spiritual gifts, that was all free. And I just added that just tonight in my office because I felt the inspiration. So we're talking about spiritual gifts tonight. I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about discerning of spirits, and I always want to read as I begin, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Jesus, the Holy Spirit's over spiritual gifts, differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Jesus is over ministry offices and where you belong in the body of Christ. And there are diversities of activities. That means the uh, spiritual gifts work in different ways in different people. They don't work exactly the same way in every person. It's according to who you are, what you're called to do, etc. So he says there are diversities of activities of spiritual gifts, you could say. But it's the same God who works all the gifts and all the people. Get it? So then he says, but the manifestation or the outshining of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. We spent the last couple of times talking about the word of wisdom, then, uh, the word of knowledge, then last time the word of wisdom through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. We'll talk about that tonight. Uh, to another, different kinds of tongues. Uh, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But the one and same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And the categories of the gifts, there's three categories of gifts. There are gifts that reveal something, the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and we'll talk tonight about the last one we'll mention, which is the discerning of spirits. Then they're power gifts that do something. And that's the gift of faith, the working of miracles, gifts of healings. And then there are gifts of utterance that say something, gift of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. So I, I want to mention this every time too, John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do. And greater works than these, he will do. And greater works than these, he will do. 
because I go into my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Yes, ask anything for uh, me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So again, as you go through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, go through and read with the gifts of the Spirit in mind and, and see if you can identify when the word of knowledge Jesus is being used in the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or discerning of spirits. He sees into the spirit realm um, or when he's being used in the working of miracles or gifts of healings or the gift of faith and, and, uh, or, or perhaps even prophecy. Now, he wasn't, used in, uh, he wasn't used in different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues because they weren't used in the Old Testament dispensation. They're only for the church age. And, uh, and, and, and they all started on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers after Jesus ascended. So tonight, let's get right into it. Let's talk about um, the discerning of spirits. Again, we've talked about the two other uh, revelation gifts. Uh, the word of knowledge is the supernatural giving by the Holy Spirit of facts from God to man about people, places, and things in the past or present. And the word of wisdom is different because it's the supernatural giving to people by the Holy Spirit the divine purpose in the mind of God concerning future events. And when you think about the word of knowledge, it's a uh, uh, word of wisdom. It's always future. Word of knowledge is always past or present. So you think of it that way. Today, discerning of spirits is in a, in a class by itself, and it's more, it's more confined is all I can say. And I, I can't say I've ever been used in discerning of spirits, but it's because of the office I hold. I'm not necessarily used in discerning, as some pastors may be, but because I'm in a pastoral office and I'm here, I'm not used in discerning of spirits the way someone in a traveling ministry would or someone that's called to be a prophet. Uh, a prophet, you know, m makes the spiritual realm very visible and very real wherever they are. And, and often they're used in sometimes both, all three of these, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. So by definition, uh, let me get to that. Harold Horton, who is probably kin to me, back towards Noah somewhere. He's got a book entitled Concerning Spiritual Gifts. I love what he says here. Everything within the realm of knowing, facts, events, purposes, motive, origin, destiny, human, divine or devilish, natural or supernatural, past, present, or future, comes within the focal range of one or the other of the three gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits. And all he's saying there, everything that God knows that he imparts to us by the Holy Spirit will come under the auspices of one of these three gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. So you just need to know that. And in the Bible, when things are revealed to, you know, whatever, whatever part of the Bible you're reading, when things are revealed uh, from the Lord to a, a prophet or a person, you know, that's ministering in the Bible, understand it's one of these gifts. Anything God does supernaturally comes under the auspices of one of these nine spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? You know, if you don't think that way, the Bible can be very confusing, but it makes a lot of sense to understand the whole, there's rhyme and reason to the way the Holy Spirit manifests. And then tonight, discerning of spirits is a, the supernatural ability to see into the uh, spirit realm as the Holy Spirit wills. So it's confined to seeing the dimension we normally can't see, which is the spirit realm. It's seeing the spirit world, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits gives insight into the spirit world. It has a more limited range than do the word of knowledge or word of wisdom. By discerning of spirits, Harold Horton said this, a person can discern the similitude of God or the risen Christ or the Holy Spirit or cherubim, seraphim, archangels or the host of angels 
or Satan and his legions, his legions of demons. So anything in the realm of spirits, the discerning of spirits opens up a person to be able to actually see into that realm. And I was thinking about this, you know, when when you go back and read uh, uh, the Genesis account of creation and, and go back to Genesis 3 where God came down in the evening to talk to Adam and Eve, it seems as though, it seems as though before Adam and Eve fell, they were able to see into the spirit realm and see God. And he could see them. But once they fell, the curtain was closed and, and their spirit nature was cut off. Hmm. From fellowship with God. Huh. Hang on. Okay, uh, from fellowship with God, and um, he wants me to do something in a minute later. And they could not see that realm again, and it was cut off. And then it was only as the Holy Spirit came upon the prophet, the priest, and the king in the Old Testament that they could see that, see that realm and, and, and let God use them in that way. And uh, so Ab and Eve prior to the fall... And so when we get to heaven, you know, we'll, we'll know even as we're known and we'll see, we'll be in that realm. And then when we get in our, our, new, our new bodies after Jesus comes back uh, yeah, in the rapture of the church, wow, in the, just a minute. Can you lift your hands with me? Lord, we worship and honor you and bless you. You are the most high. You're the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Of your kingdom, there shall be no end. And we're in it now. In the name of Jesus. I take authority over every demonic force that would grab a hold of someone's mind and seek to alter it and hinder it and cause them to be anything other than godly and pure and right and holy. Loose them, loose them in Jesus' name. Say it out loud. Heavenly Father, I resist anything that disagrees with you. I refuse to fear. I refuse deception. I refuse any kind of trickery of the enemy against my flesh and against my mind, and against my personality. And Jesus, I give you permission. Invade all of me. Invade my mind. Invade my emotions. Invade my human will. I change my will. But you influence it for you and for spiritual things. Invade my body and rise up inside me. Let everything that's not of you be removed from me. And I give you permission to put your thumb on any part of life that's not like you. You agree with that? Yeah, you do? So Lord, bring that to pass.
there is none holy as the Lord. 1980 song. There is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. There is none holy as the Lord. Ah, that's it. So Lord, let this presence, there'll be people tonight on the way home. This presence will manifest in the vehicle and they'll begin to weep and you'll begin to speak to them and deal with them about certain areas of life that are out of kilter with the kingdom of God. And then when we get home, we're preparing for bed. Again, the Spirit of God, there's certain ones he'll come upon and speak to. And Lord, let us hear that voice. And Lord, let us yield to you. And let us put away the things of the flesh. In Jesus' name. Mm. I don't know if y'all feel that, whether I'm blessing myself or something's going on. Y'all feel that? Hallelujah. So the manifestation of <coughs> discerning of spirits is an unusual gift. And most of the time this gift would, now you know, let me say this, it'll manifest through any member of the body of Christ. We've got people in our church that talk to me, and, and uh, not very many, but that are used in, in discerning of spirits. They actually see in the spirit world. It takes a degree and measure of um, spiritual maturity to handle it. Because if you get over in that realm and see that, several things can happen. You can get puffed up in pride and think you're really somebody. And, and then it'll stop. Or the enemy will enter into you and, and, and hinder your life. Uh, so, so you can't think anything about yourself when this gift manifests. You just have to let it manifest and leave it alone. And don't do anything with it unless the Lord tells you to. Sometimes it'll manifest only so you can pray for someone. You, you, uh, it, so... so I don't have discerning of spirits, but I'm aware. I'm aware when the Holy Spirit's manifest. And I, sometimes the angels of God, I don't know how they do what they do. God will tell me about it when we get to heaven. But I'm just telling you, as you minister the word, the angels of God, I don't know how they do what they do, but they assist the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear what I'm saying? If demon spirits assist the devil and those fallen angels, I promise you, the angels of God, they're in the room right now. And sometimes they bring God's healing power to a person. Sometimes they, they cause the word to tag a certain part of you. And tonight they're talking, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some about things that you're doing that hinder the Spirit's work. Innocuous. I mean, you've been doing it so long you don't even realize it. But, but God's saying, let it go. Ways of living, ways of conduct, ways of speech, ways of relating. And he'll move you out of that into something that's tremendous if you let him. Yes or no? So I pray for the services. I know every Sunday, I don't know I do this, but I say, Lord, let the angels of God be in the room with us. I don't need to see them. I don't ever care to see an angel. I mean, I don't care. Jesus' invisible manifestation. Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are they who have not seen, yet do believe. 
You know, I, I know as a little boy, you know, I got kind of freaked out. I'd read, watch movies and read things, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd go into our Baptist church sometimes, you know, that I was raised in, and, and you know, it's dark, and there's nobody in the, in the uh, auditorium. I was thinking, what if an angel appears? I, I, I wonder if I see an angel in here. Well, you don't ever desire to, do, to, to see anything spiritually because demon spirits may accommodate you, right? So don't ask. I don't ask for this gift. The people that have it, good. Or are used in it, good. But God's got to give you grace to handle this gift. Does that make sense? Because we're not accustomed as humans in seeing over into that realm. And, and it takes some maturity in handling it and dealing with it if it does happen. Does that make sense? So that's why not a lot of people are going to be used in this way. Some will, and you may be. And, you know, God may use me sometime. But, uh, you know, I'm just covenanting what he wants me to have and how he wants me to be used. And you should do the same, right? Uh, several manifestations of this in the Old Testament. I'm just, these are in the notes. Uh, in Exodus 33, uh, Moses was crying out. He had been on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights without food or water, sustained by the glory of God, came down with his, with, with his, his face glowing and had to put a covering on his face so people could even look at him. It's incredible. He was literally sustained by the presence of God. Can you imagine that? You can't live with, uh, with no water past three days or so, four days. That's about it. You're done. And then food, your, your organs start eating each other uh, 20-something days, and by 40th day, if you don't get food, you die. 48th day, I think you're done. You're dead. Well, 40 days, he was in the sustained presence of God. Wow. He came down. He was still hungry for God. How many are that hungry for God? And so he come down from that and said, Lord, show me your glory. And so God said, I'll, I'll, I'll put you just in a cave. And you, you stand right at the opening. And, and I'll, let, I'll let myself pass by. Don't look at my face because no man can see my face and live. And so Moses had a manifestation of discerning of spirits. If you read on into Exodus 33, Exodus 34, God did what he said. And he came by and he let Moses see his back parts. Um, Isaiah saw the Lord. We sing this song on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights sometimes, Isaiah 6. He said, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And he, then he saw seraphim with wings, six wings that covered, covered their face and feet, and with two wings they flew. And he saw them crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And so he saw, what was that? This manifestation of discerning of spirits. Elisha saw uh, surrounding angels when his, uh, when his servant came to him and said, the enemy have surrounded us. I mentioned it a few Sunday mornings ago. What are we going to do? And Elijah answered and said, don't fear. Those that are with us are more than they that are with him. And Elisha obviously operated in discerning of spirits because he saw them and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord gave his servant uh, Gehazi the, the discerning of spirits the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Now, you know, there are angels around us all the time. Did you know that? Did you know that? Are you conscious of that? I, I've never seen an angel don't want to, but I'm very conscious that everywhere I am, I am under supernatural protection. Are you? Are you? Uh, and, and they're very real and it's just really amazing. Daniel saw an angel, and we've read this many times in different venues here, Daniel chapter 10. He was on the, we call it the Daniel fast. He ate no pleasant bread. And, and a being appeared to him 
And um, he says, uh, I looked up, saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. It was an angel that appeared to him. And uh, it was quite startling. Uh, then Peter in the New Testament, uh, he was in prison. An angel, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fashioned with two chains between two soldiers. Others, uh, others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord appeared, stood before Peter. And the angel struck him on the side to awake him and said, Get up! And the chains fell off his wrist. The angel told him, Get dressed, put on your sandals. He did. Put on your coat, follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. Wow. And, he passed, and so he went on, got out, and he finally got to the place where the church was praying, knocked on the door. The girl answered the door and said, uh, 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 Peter's out there. The angel, the angel let him loose. And Peter saw the angel. What was that manifestation of discerning of spirit? Zechariah. It was John the Baptist's dad uh, uh, had an angel appear to him as he was uh, doing his uh, priestly duties in the temple of God. And uh, the angel appeared to him and told him what would be happening. I'm not going to read it because I don't have time. An angel appeared to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and uh, told her that she was going to have a baby in a supernatural way. She was a virgin, never been intimate with a man, and got pregnant by God. She, and the angel told her, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. She actually saw that angel and then it left. Um, John saw Jesus in Revelation chapter 1 uh, on the Isle of Patmos. And all through Revelation, you'll have glimpses of, of John actually seeing into the realm of spirits and seeing the future that is beginning to play out now in some ways. And he's, what was that discerning of spirits? He saw into the spirit realm. That whole book is f f full of that. So again, there's so many uh, illustrations of discerning of spirits, both Old and New Testament. As you read and someone sees the Lord or sees an angel. I've got so many, while I'm talking, so many of these episodes are coming to my mind. I just don't have time to get them. They're all through Scripture. You know, these aren't just platitudes and, well, I know the Bible said that, but I'm not sure that really happened. No, it really happened. Discerning of spirits is a tremendously awesome gift. And, and it lets us know that the, that the spirit realm is very real. How many hear me? Let me say what uh, discerning of spirits is not and I hear this a lot. It is not. It is not. Okay, let me say it three more times. It is not. It is not. It is not, for emphasis, uh, the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment, everybody got that. That's called the flesh. When you sneakily suspect problems in somebody. Well, I just discern. Well, no, you don't. Yeah, come on. Pray for that person instead of being all sneaky about it. Right? No, not the gift of discernment. Um, and, you know, again, sometimes when people say, well, I have the gift of discernment. Yeah, you can have the word of knowledge and God lets you know something supernaturally, but that doesn't mean you tell somebody about it. Um, in fact, God often shares things with me. I don't say anything to anybody because he doesn't want me to. He just wants me to pray. My mother has a word of knowledge, like I said, manifest in prayer. And uh, she usually doesn't even tell me. And every once in a while we'll get in a conversation she'll mention something. But, but she has it happen all the time. And God doesn't show it to her for her to tell anybody. He shows it to her for her to pray so something won't happen or something can be hindered and not, not happen in a person's life. Does that make sense? 
Uh, the gift of discerning of spirits is not fault-finding, nor discerning a person's character. It is specifically and positively only seeing into the realm of spirits. Uh, so again, uh, Harold Horton says this, by the discerning of spirits, we see beyond the natural world. Um, the discerning of spirits is only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and we can perceive things that live in the spirit realm. Uh, 1980, uh, well, Kenneth Hagin, I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I've got this book before I go there. I've got this book, and this is my original copy, which is kind of weird. It's kind of, I showed it to my staff yesterday. I read this book every once in a while. Every year I'm going to read this book uh, because it keeps me aware of the need for the supernatural in my life and in our lives as believers. And uh, this is called I Believe in Visions by Kenneth Hagin. The copyright of this book, I think, is... Uh, I think it's 1975 or 1974. It's before they published their own stuff. Uh, 1972. Wow, how about that? So uh, this is, uh, uh, in this book, I believe in visions, Kenneth Hagin had Jesus appear to him eight times in the 1950s, uh, starting September 2nd, 1950, and then went all the way through the 50s. And the book is the uh, excerpts of exactly what happened. And when that happened, he was seeing in the spirit realm. People like Kenneth Hagin, he, was, he uh, operated in the office of a prophet and a teacher, and he started a Bible school called Rama Bible Training Center, eventually Rama Bible College. But he had a teaching gift, but this, this uh, prophetic gift would come into manifestation. The prophetic gift, anybody that has that, it, it makes the unseen realm felt uh, uh, to, to you. It, 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 makes, it makes it very real that we're not alone, we're not by ourselves, and it's a really, really amazing gift. So he operated in the ministry of the prophet. Not everybody that has discerning of spirits operates in the office of a prophet. Sometimes just the average, ordinary, everyday believer will have discerning of spirits, but you gotta reach again a level of maturity to be able to handle it, or, or, or you could go crazy with the thing. I mean, it's just, it's just something we're not accustomed to. Again, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I was in a meeting November 2nd, 1985, on a Saturday night with Kenneth Hagin teaching, and Jesus appeared in visible manifestation on the platform. We didn't see him. The only person who had discerning of spirits was Kenneth Hagin. He started talking to the invisible man beside him. That was discerning of spirits. And, you know, you get involved in that kind of ministry, and it, uh, I, I don't know, it just does something inside. That's all I can tell you. Uh, it gives you a longing. It gives you a longing and yearning for God and for him and his presence and shows you that he's very real. I had something unusual happen to my mother um, in 1975. My mother got filled with the Holy Spirit as a Southern Baptist lady in a Southern Baptist lady's prayer meeting in a lady's home, and uh, her church did not like what happened to her. In fact, the deacons of the church sent two representatives with an affidavit for my mother to sign. Oh, for, I'm sorry, for my father to sign. My father was on the deacon board, and because of that, resigned. And my mother was a Sunday school teacher in the Southern Baptist Church. She got baptized with the Holy Ghost spoken tongues one, one day in February of 1975. And, uh, and I mean, they hounded her and hassled her and got, uh, they did not like her, uh, the fact that she got baptized in the Holy Ghost and that she as a Southern Baptist spoke in other tongues. I want you to know they derided my mother in a, a, a terrible way. And anyway, they brought that affidavit to my father, knocked on our front door, said, Mr. Horton, we understand your wife, you know, had this experience, she calls, and they called speaking in other tongues. The Greek word is glossolalia, and uh, so she speaks in these strange languages. We want you to disavow that experience. 
My dad looked at that paper, read that paper, looked at those two deacons, and he said, you see that door you come in? Go right back out that door. Don't you ever come in my house with that in your hand again. I won't sign it. And he never did. So, <laughs> and he resigned the deacon. Well, but my mother, I said all that to say, she was hounded, I mean hounded, uh, by, by the folk in the church. And, and that same year, now she'll tell it, Mom, I'm going to tell you a story. So, uh, I love you. She's watching. Uh, Jesus appeared to her, and she tells the story with tears in her eyes. She had discerning of spirits manifest. Didn't know what it was at the time, and uh, shocked her, but it helped her because she was going through such a test and trial of her, of her spiritual life because she had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and stayed in the Baptist church with my father. But Jesus, she was in the bathroom, and you remember, ladies, when you put curlers, some of you might still put curlers in your hair. Well, she put curlers all in her hair, you know, and she's putting curlers in her hair in the bathroom. And her bedroom is adjacent uh, across the hallway from the bathroom. And she said she was putting curlers in her hair one day. I walked out the bathroom, walked to the bathroom door, and her bedroom door was open. There's a green chair in the, in the corner of the room. There's her bed over here. She said, looked over there, and there's Jesus, invisible manifestation, sitting in the green chair. He had a white robe on, had sandals on. And said he had long hair. She said she walked into the room. She said, when I walked in the room, Mitch, and she'd tell it with tears. Felt like all the hair on my arms stood straight up. Felt like all the hair on the back of my neck stood straight out. Just, it, it, just an overwhelming sense of God and his presence. She said, I sat down on the edge of my bed. And Jesus said, he, she said, he never said a word to me. Not, not with words, but I knew exactly what he was saying. He kept saying, Jenny. My mother's name's Jeanette. He said, Jenny. My dad called my mother Jenny, short for Jeanette. Said, uh, you know, I love you. She said, yes, Lord, I know you love me. He kept saying that over and over again. And he's sitting there with the presence all over her. And Jesus, invisible manifestation. What was that discerning of spirits? My little brother comes down the hallway. He's six years old. Mama, mama, come and play ball with me. He never saw Jesus sitting in a chair. My mother didn't know what to do. She couldn't tell him Jesus is sitting there. So she got up when my little brother come in the room. And when she got up, Jesus got up out the chair. Walked down the hall. Jesus walked right beside her down the hall. She saw the flowing robe. So his sandals on his feet. She walked down the hall, through the den, turned right, go out the door. We got a porch, opened the door. Jesus didn't need the door. He just walked right out on the porch. She walked out the porch, down the steps, into the yard, played ball with my little brother, and Jesus sat down on the steps and watched them play ball. And then, and then after, after a little bit, my mother got tired, come and sat down on the steps, sat down right beside Jesus. He got up. He walked down into the yard. There was some bricks left over from my dad building the house. And he went over to near the brick file and just disappeared. And my mom would tell that weeping. And I've often wondered, why did, why did God have my mother have discerning of spirits at one time? Well, I think she needed to know that God loved her because she was so derided by people that knew her. Does that make sense? So, you know, God knows what you need. It's just an amazing thing. I mentioned a few weeks ago, and I'm, I'm going to close with this, uh, Clifton Sawyer, who was a prophet from Greensboro, uh, who came here many years ago and, and, and would see into the spirit realm and, uh, and just minister to all kinds of people. I mean, we had all kinds of people minister to. So I'm going to sneak around and look around. I might have somebody with a prophet's ministry like that come. Would you be, you be open to that? Some people say, I ain't coming to that service. They might see something on me. <laughs> well, you know, get over yourself. <laughs>
It is a different ministry. It's a wonderful thing. I know Bruce McDonald uh, went to uh, went all over Africa with Bruce. He's an uh, international businessman and, and became a believer, a very, very devout believer. Was a Catholic and, and came to Jesus and got filled with the Holy Spirit and gave up his business and went into ministry. He started I don't know seven or eight hundred churches in uh, in the former Soviet Union uh, when the when the wall fell, you know. But I've been all over. I met him in Siberia. I've been all over Af- uh, India with him. We've been to Africa any number of times together. But see, he had, a, he had an apostolic ministry, and that's a very powerful ministry. That apostolic ministry has signs and wonders and miracles attached to it. If you read the New Testament, that's one of the signs of an apostle. Apostles are one that's sent. And he has a very strong ministry office. It's a very strong ministry office to establish churches in unreached areas. And there's such power with that office, I, I tell you, it's incredible to see. And I don't have time to tell you all the stories I have except to say he would operate in discerning of spirits. And while he was ministering, would often see the demon power. Uh, we'd be in Africa. And I mean, you got five or six groups of people from just little villages all over the place that have traveled two or three days to a big meeting. There's six or 7,000 people. And they've got big choir robes on. But while he's preaching... I mean, supposed to be believers in the choir robe, demons are coming out, and the people are screaming out because of the power of the office that he operated in. But he would tell me he could see in the spirit realm. And I'll tell you one little story, and I'll be done. He was, uh, he was in, um, you know, this was in Burkina, uh, the area of Burkina Faso, North Africa, that area. Um, ministering is a very Islamic area, and he had, was having an outside crusade, had Several thousand people, they were Islamic, and they were coming to his meetings, Christian meetings, and they were coming to Jesus. There were miracles of healing. The power of God was falling. And these is, I mean, he, he told me, he said, he said, Mitch, I gave an altar call, and they ran to the altar. Hundreds and hundreds just ran because they wanted Jesus. And he said, I got back to my hotel room. I was so beleaguered and tired. He said, it was really late at night. And he said, I was just laying there. And then I looked up. And he said, there's a dog in my room. Looks like a Doberman pincher. It was a demon spirit that was sent to harass him. And uh, I, <clears throat> anyway, um, he had another pastor with him. And um, <laughs> the other pastor with him, both of them, I mean, just spiritually oppressed because of what was going on, the enemy trying to stop it. And uh, when Bruce saw that, he told me, he said, when I saw that thing in my room, and that was discerning of spirits, he saw it in the spirit realm. And he said, when he looked at it, he said, get out of here in Jesus' name. That thing disappeared. He had a, listen, it had a pastor with him. And uh, the pastor had, we eating breakfast the next morning at the hotel, you know, downstairs. He said, pastor said, uh, Bruce had the most unusual experience last night. He said, what was it? He said, well, I woke up. The pastor said, I woke up, and that was a, it was this being looked like a big doberman pincher in my room. And then he said, while I was looking at him, another one came. And Bruce said, yeah, I run that one out of my room and it came to yours. <laughs> he said, I'm just kidding. So we were, I was in, a, I was in, a, <laughs> I was in Cairo, Egypt. And I was at the um, New Muse- Cairo Museum, which is one of the top museums of the world. I love archaeology and all that. And we were in the looking around. And I, what's the name of the dog in, in Egyptology? You know the dog, Doberman Pinscher, sitting up? What's his name? Say it again. 
No, it's not the sphinx. No, it's the dog. No, it's actually, they had them in there. And they're about this tall. And they look, and, and they got their feet out like this. It's not the sphinx. No, they look like a Doberman pincher. Got a Doberman pincher head and ears and the whole thing. But it's, they have a God that is worshipped with that dog. He, and when we were in that museum, he said, and he told me the story I just told you. said, when I was in northern Africa, that right there is what manifests in my room. The demon spirits associated with that. So he saw, I just said all that to say, these things are very, very real. And, uh, you know, we don't have to be afraid of the devil. How many know you have authority over him? So I don't care if I never see the devil. I don't need to see him. He has, he's under my feet and we have authority over him in Jesus' name. Yes or no? I don't need to see an angel to know the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. Yes or no? I don't need to see Jesus to know he's real. He says he is. And he says, I'm blessed if I never see him till I get to the other side. So anyway, the discerning of the spirits is an amazing gift. So if that ever happens and manifests, the number one thing you want to know is don't get lifted up in pride about it. And don't, don't get to thinking you're some special person because you've seen what somebody else hasn't seen. That's the flesh. And that's a fleshly response. In fact, if it happens to you, if I were you, I'd just be quiet about it about it. Most people would think you were cuckoo anyway, or, or, or that you had a mental problem uh, because, you know, people, people that have schizophrenia, but they actually see, they see things and uh, they'll think you're, you're, you're messed up unless they really understand spiritual reality. Talk to me, talk to your pastor if you attend another church, you're watching online, but, you know, sometimes these gifts may manifest, and we may see more of a manifestation of these gifts just to, let, the gift of discerning of spirits, just to let us know what we're dealing with as we're ministering to someone, as we're, as we're helping someone, and as sometimes as we're praying, uh, God will let us know. Uh, you know, I don't have this gift. I have the word of knowledge usually manifest with me, but I, I don't know if I could, uh, I think I could tell you this. August, I think it was 2019. I think I mentioned this to Ann one time. I might have mentioned it one time to y'all. I was praying him upstairs. See, it wasn't discern, discerning of spirits, but actually, I, I say it wasn't maybe, Maybe it was a small manifestation. I was praying one time three years ago. And while I was praying, I mean, I hadn't felt the presence like that in a long time. And I was kneeling down praying at my little chair. And uh, the presence came on me. And I became aware of a being right here. And it was an angel. Now, I never saw the angel with these eyes. But I, could, it, I don't know how to even describe how this experience was, except uh, that being was standing there, had a sash around his waist, bright, bright cloth, uh, had um, a platter. Uh, on the platter was a scroll and, and, and a little, um, uh, a little uh, sword, short, about that long. And it had emerald end. And I stood up and, and I just reached and grabbed the, the scroll and, and, and took a bite. And then I grabbed, the, I grabbed the sword. I didn't do it physically, I, but I was there doing it. And ever since then, something's, something's been different with me. <laughs> I had never been the same. I don't even like to say anything about that, but I'm just telling you, spiritual things are very real. And most people don't understand them, but when you get into the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God, there is the power of the ages to come that is coming upon the church of Jesus. 
uh, since I had that experience, my preaching's changed. I'm not the same. The way I prepare has changed. The presence of God in my life has changed. And you're probably going to have experiences yourself, maybe not like that, but the Holy Spirit wants to use you in spiritual gifts. Because before Jesus comes back, the world is going to know that he exists. Lift your hands up with me. Lord, thank you for your presence, your power. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your grace and mercy on us. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. Thank you for the powers of the age to come. They're resident in you, sir. They're resident in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the angels of God that assist us in life, that, that surround us and protect us and watch over us. And Oh, all the ways that they help us. They help Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and minister to him, strengthening him. They help Jesus in, the, in his wilderness temptations. Forty days and forty nights afterwards, angels appeared. He was strengthened. Lord, all of that's available to us today. Lord, we don't need to see to believe. We believe without seeing. But thank you for the Spirit of God. Thank you for the manifestation of spiritual gifts. Lord, let there come into every person listening to this a hunger, a heart craving for the power of God, for the presence of Jesus, for the manifested presence. When you come, sir, us humans change. Come in your glory. Come in your power. Manifest spiritual gifts. I pray for every person in this room. The Lord, we'd get off by ourselves and pray and have experiences with you. We'd read your word. We'd pray and seek your face. And the Lord, in the way you want to with each person individually, you'd manifest yourself, make yourself real to us. Use us for your glory. Let the gifts of the Spirit, Lord, let them manifest in the body of Christ all over the earth. Let the earth be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let the Joel 2 revival that was prophesied come. Let what Isaiah saw, let it come. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Let it come, Lord. Let it come as the rain. Let it come as the latter rain. Let us hunger for you. Let there be deposited in every person that hears this a hunger after God, a yearning for that which we don't yet have. Oh, we're not yet aware of many things we possess. We don't know we possess them. Open up the eyes of our understanding. In Jesus' name.